Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. remember how last week we were like i don't know like they're gonna have to do a lot of real work like we're really have to work really really hard for uh, you know they've been messing up last two episodes have not been great we're gonna have to really see some improvement i feel like they hit every single note i need to be hit last night i went went into this very very concerned that it was going to be a mess it was not a perfect episode, but it was definitely not the mess that I thought it was going to be. And I actually ended up enjoying the episode quite a bit. I mean, there's there's still some logic things you kind of have to, you know. Yeah, I mean, there was always, it's Walking Dead. There's always going to be some things where you're like, this is just not how life works, you guys. <laughs> but, but, you know, ultimately I can forgive those. If I feel like the story has hit beats I need it to hit, yeah, I can. I can kind of forgive. I can kind of be like, like you guys flew super duper close to that cloud of of radioactive ash, like super duper close. Like yeah. no no nuclear scientist would ever be like, fly right over that ash. You're gonna be fine. No, <laughs> I think I can give some of that because. The episode was just so so good. I um, I feel like there is what if as long as you are willing to accept certain things that actually don't make a lick of sense. Okay, like the fact that this plane even flies. Right. I mean, as long as you can accept that the plane actually does fly and doesn't like immediately fall to pieces as soon as they get it in the air, uh, let alone getting it off the ground. Period. But um. Once you accept that, uh, I think I think the episode plays out emotionally and and in terms of the way it flows, you know, very it's a very engaging episode. Fun things happen, interesting things happen, and uh, there's a sense of tension and all the things you want out of this kind of kind of story. I do feel that it unfortunately the one one of the downsides to this episode was the fact that it sort of perpetuates that sense of not knowing where the hell they are. Yeah. Because, you know, we don't know really where they are. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, we, and we can talk about that a little bit more later, but yeah, I mean, I, overall, overall, I was a lot more pleased with this episode than I've been with the last few. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the whole, like the plane part, like the, Will it fly and all that? That was so very. That's such an homage to Fight of the Phoenix. Oh yeah. You know, they, they crushed the plane and they had to rebuild it, or they're gonna, you know, and in in a specific time, or bad things are gonna happen. That was all like so Flight of the Phoenix for me, and so I was kind of able to forgive that because I kind of saw what they were doing, like. You know they're doing a they're doing a thing. I was brought on board almost immediately by we started off with Alicia 
getting a, a bath, getting showered with, you know, getting the, the, getting the detox or whatever. And with Grace saying, look, Alicia, you're going to be fine. You're going to be, hey, there's no, you know, there's no way that you have been exposed as badly like you've been exposed by just the small amount of blood that you, that you got. I was really, really afraid that they were going to do one of those things where it's like she didn't tell anybody. Oh, yeah. That she got bloodied. You know, they were going to do something just to have the drama like they did with the letter, the Dwight letter. And uh, when they didn't, when the first thing we see Alicia doing is getting getting the, you know, the decontamination, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, the, the last few episodes, you could very easily have seen them doing that just because mm-hmm. some, of the, right. some of the writing decisions they were making. So I was very glad to see that uh, mm-hmm. as well because it really is... It's the kind of thing that, quite frankly, dragging it out is just manipulative, manipul- manipulative as hell, and there's no right. And it'd be far worse. It'd be far worse than, than John and Dwight uh, in terms of in terms of abusing the audience. Oh, and, and last week Twitter went crazy, like when she got the blood on her. Yeah, crazy and. So I'm glad that they decided not, I mean, who knows, you know, she she might, they might pursue that later, but I'm glad they decided to assuage our fears almost immediately with that. You know, look there, you got, there's no way you're more contaminated than than you already are. Like, (laughs) right. So essentially everybody is spread out to the winds. Strand and Al and Lucia are trying to get the plane together, ready. The kids are trying to get a runway ready. Uh, Alicia and Morgan and Grace are trying to get back. John Dory and Dwight are trying to get back. Meanwhile, Sarah and, uh, and oh gosh, what's his name? Wilson? Willard? Oh, shit. I can't remember the brother's name. Um, are trying to get like a something ready, like a um, runway ready. Mm-hmm. Everybody is really trying to get get stuff ready, and it's it's very very exciting. Sarah goes to to what's his name Logan, who's played by Matt Frewer. Sarah goes to to him, and they're like leaving. You know the denim factory where you know back back at the end of last season, but also at the beginning of this season, Morgan and all of them were at the gun factory, and then it got taken by Logan and his group of jerks, right? Right. Are you, are you okay, Tim? You're just yes, sitting you, there You're just talking away. It's crazy. fine. I, I'm, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> now, the episode actually opens, by the way, with us seeing them uh, in the early days of them trying to reach out to people and offer help. And they're sitting at the at the microphone, you know, broadcasting and just to nothing. There's right. no response. There's no response and no response. And finally, they get a response, which will event, which will turn out to be Logan. And right. it was the whole reason that they took the plane and flew over the mountain and through the woods to grandmother's house or wherever they are. This is, you know, we get that sort of callback to a scene we never actually saw, but was implied very strongly in between last season and this season. We also get to see that Logan is not a particularly 
the people that he's with are not a particularly huge fans of him right now. Yes. Because they're digging something up in the denim factory. They're trying to find, yeah. yeah. They're, they're trying to find trying something. To find something. But uh, we do not know what that is at this point in the episode. And so they tell him, if we can't find it, we're gonna, the next hole we dig is going to be to bury your ass. And uh, Logan is not extremely happy about that because who wants their ass buried? Not too many people. I mean, you know, it's a, you think it's a limited kink, I would think. But it also kind of reassesses the power dynamic here because we, you know, when we see Logan, the first episode of the season, and this, again, we haven't seen him since um, until this episode, right. you know, it's, it's very much implied that he is in charge of these people. That these are his uh-huh. people. And here it's much more a, if we don't get what we want from you, you're dead. Which is not generally yeah. how leaders and followers work. Right. And so Sarah shows up right as they're all leaving. And she's listen, you know, you, we stole your partner's rig. And we, there's not a day that goes by that I wish that I could make up for that. And we're trying to do that. We're trying to make up for some of the the damage that we've done in this world. And it's like, can't what can you do? You want to try and make up for some of the damage that you have done? I mean, our people are far away because of you. Like, don't you wish that you could make up for some of that? And he's like, well, lady, blah 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 blah, and he leaves with his crew. Uh, and so Sarah sets out to try and find some sort of lights to build this runway. Mm-hmm. And in her store, she's trying to do, and she's, you know, worried about it and worried about it, worried about it. And then all, at the very end, um, Daniel shows up, some Christmas lights. A lot and of they, Christmas lights. Yeah. And they get a runway set up and everybody's very, very excited. Uh, and then there's like a, a thing where, you know, the, of course the walkers show up and Wendell has to like fight off some walkers and replug in the lights and you know, the plane lands and, you know, spoiler alert, the plane lands. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, but we'll come back to the very, very end of the episode at the very, very end of our talk. Uh, by the way, the actor who, who plays Wendell did the crawling across the, the runway. Uh-huh. Uh, that that was a real stunt that he did. He literally dragged himself across the ground. Right. Well, because he's a he's a he's a real paraplegic. Right. And he um the if you if you watch him crying, you watch Wendell crying after he's plugged in the lights, and that was not a planned thing. It's just something that he felt like that's what he would do, and so he just mm-hmm. did it. On, and that was the take they used. So. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, back with Alicia and Morgan and Grace, they are trying to lead all of the walkers that Alicia has been fighting away from runway. And it's just not happening. It's like every time you come up with a way to do it, it's something ends up going wrong. And so finally, they're just like, we've got to go back. There's no way that we're going to be able to lead these guys away, far enough away and get back to the to the airplane in time to take off because the the planet is melting down. Right. 
they decide they're going to leave. And apparently Grace is not the greatest at backing up. Mm-hmm. She went to the Lori Grimes school of, of uh, driving. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's it's an accredited school in the Walking Dead universe. I think I think it's you know got a nice program. It's reasonably priced, and yeah, and she plows into a car. Right, and so they have to run. They have to run back to where the the plane is. Luckily, it's not not that far away. Luckily, it's you know only only five or six yards away. And unfortunately, yeah, apparently because you know they do not outrun the uh, slow-moving walkers who, you know, are slow-moving, and yet somehow they are right behind them, just like when, you know, they chase the kids. Yes, definitely. These are walkers that went to the 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 behind-the-mask school (laughs) of of moving. Uh, And folks, if you have not seen Behind the Mask, I highly recommend you get out there and you find a copy of that film. It is possibly one of the funniest... Uh, deconstruction of a horror best. film. Definitely the best. Yeah, it's a fantastic one. They they keep they keep promising us there's going to be a sequel, but I, I well, I'm, at I'm, this I'm, point, yeah, I'm giving up hope. Zombieland Two trailer came out today. Oh, I have not seen that. In fact, uh, the kids and I just watched Zombieland last Friday. Yeah, what the kids think? And me, me and my mom and the kids watched it and they really loved it. And my mom, of course, was like, "It's so." She starts like, "Oh, it's so bloody. It's so violent." And they're cut. And by the end, every time a zombie got smushed, she laughed. You know. <laughs> then she experienced it in the correct manner. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, uh, Alicia and and Morgan and all of them they get back to the plane. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, John Dory and Dwight are trying to get back as well, but John Dory, in hiding the letter, allowed Dwight to go way, way farther than he should have allowed him to go. Right. And, uh, and so now they have to get way, way far back. And so as soon as they get into range for the uh, walkie-talkies to work, John Dory contacts june and is like look if we're not there in time you just go you've got to just go right and she's like no i don't want to go and of course you know so then they try and get back and they have all sorts of machinations and like they can't find a car that works and the gas is going back yeah there's there's two things that happen in in that in their scenes that just kind of blew my mind first of all we discovered the walkie-talkies have range yes and Somebody says, gee, or Dwight says, you know, the, ga- the gas is going bad. Five times longer than it should have been going bad, but at least someone acknowledges that the gas is going bad. Right. I think, I think, I think there's a real chance that a lot of people bring that up. Oh, I'm sure. Like, because it's not uncommon knowledge. Like, every, people know that the, the gas goes bad now. Somebody has finally acknowledged that the gas goes bad. Right. And I think that's just great. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so eventually they go back, back to uh, Dwight's wife slash ex-wife's car, and they take that back to the plane. Meanwhile, June is just, like, losing it because the plane's getting ready to go, and she doesn't know what's going to happen. But ultimately, when Morgan and Alicia show up, and it looks the plane is ready to go, June makes the call, the right call, the real call, mm-hmm. and says, we got to go. 
it's I promised him we would leave. Right. And I loved that because you could tell that it was killing her and you could tell that she didn't want to do it, but it was the right call for what they were doing at the time. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, no, it's a, it was... It would have been very, very easy, just like with Alicia, to give us something that yeah. is dramatic on the page and and sort of deceptive to the audience. That just this, you know, and I was really kind of I was really, really pleased with the fact that they played completely. They they played the logical decisions here, and the characters right. the characters who would realistically make those hard choices made them. Yes, and Morgan even said we can wait longer and and june says no he made me promise that we would go mm-hmm. and i really really liked that uh and but of course then his car then the car shows just in the nick of time and they're able to get away which i was okay with i mean it's a little it's a little bit you know dramatic moments of course they arrive at the last minute thing but still and you know what I really loved, because when he got on the plane, uh, June was like, I didn't want to go. And he goes, no, you did the right thing. It's what I wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. And I really, really liked that, too, that, you know, acknowledgement of this was hard for us. And we, you know, mm-hmm. I really liked it. I really yeah. liked it. That was a great. Oh, and then he, he takes a word there's a original and he rolls up the wrapper and says, will you marry me? Will you be my wife? Oh, it's just so cute. It was very adorable. I just loved that whole little thing. The plane takes off and they fly over the cloud. And anyone who's watched Chernobyl or heard anything about Chernobyl knows that that was a really bad plan. Oh, yeah. yeah. But ignore that. Because, well, and then know. Grace, Grace uh, solves the problem of uh, Morgan's irradiated staff by breaking off the part that got blood on it. And the look on Morgan's face, because she goes, there, I fixed your staff. And Morgan's like, uh, yeah, sort of. I, yeah, I was really like, you know, because I feel like that was, I don't know if that was even really, I mean, yeah, he was, there was that whole like trying to find a new one. And is this, you know, is this broom handle going to work and, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. I don't necessarily know if it was necessary for him at his original staff back. No, I don't think so. I think though, if you're going to sit there, and I think what they were trying to do was actually to have it be like this symbolic thing, like he's holding on to this this physical thing mm-hmm. without recognizing that it's not it's not about the physical thing. It's just a, it's just an object that represents something. It's not it's not important right. outside of it being a symbol and a, and a personal symbol for him. Um, that I feel like if we had gotten more more of that perhaps discussed earlier instead of having him hunt for a mop handle to use as a staff. Um, Well, eventually he does say it. Like I thought this was important. It's not what I know is the important part. Right. And I think, but I just feel like it was, it was a little bit, this is something that should have been kind of dealt with earlier because he, he also talks to Alicia about, you know, the thing, you know, teaching her some of the things that he learned to control his, 
his his anger and his fear and all the things that were you know causing him to unravel and yeah. and so i think that this this is something that honestly we saw pieces of earlier in the season that we should have seen more of right and um and i don't know if you've seen the comic con trailer for the second part of the season not yet okay well i i of course watched it of course and and uh, there's a lot of very interesting directions that they're going to go with. And part of that is helping Alicia on her own path to peace. Mm. Cool. So I'm very excited about that. That's good. Anyway, so um, we arrive back. And, of course, there's the big dramatic, like, are we going to actually make it to, you know? And then, then we do. And just as everybody, like, everybody gets there and, like, Alicia and Daniel have a, like, uh, a really nice reunion mm-hmm. where uh, Alicia walks up and Daniel, and they hug, and he says, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And she says, I'm sorry, too. And they're able to forgive each other for the their past. There's the things that they committed against each other over the last three seasons of the show, mm-hmm. uh, which I really, really liked that they were able to to do that. And then, so everybody gets introduced, and Dwight. I love that Dwight just got to be like I, like somebody who was, you know, this Dwight. He's new. You know, he didn't have to deal with his past. Right. Like he doesn't have this you know burden over him anymore and daniel daniel is like your friend you needs a haircut and alicia says he used to be a barber and he goes i i am a barber and so it's like it's so good it was so nice to have the characters who were you know so like locked in their pain able to kind of free themselves and it felt it felt natural in a way that this show doesn't always get right. Um, and certainly, we've had you know a couple of episodes where the emotional beats didn't feel particularly earned, or earned, or earned or honest. And mm-hmm. I think that here they did. And for a scene that really you know was basically everybody except for the children who still have no names, everyone who is a named character got to have a moment after the plane lands. If you are not oh, a right. character, if you are a bunch of children whose job is apparently to serve a set dressing, then you did not get a moment. Right. Oh, we skipped one of my favorite things that happened. So they're, they clear the smoke and they're, they're going over the mountains and Strand says, will you look that? And Al says, it's the most beautiful thing I've seen since all this started, which is what Isabel said to her. Oh, yeah. You're the most beautiful thing that I've seen since this whole thing started. And I thought that was super sweet, that there was that callback. Which doesn't, which only is slightly marred by the fact that Al hasn't told anybody about this. Well, she told, she told, June. Well, she told June, but it's also it was like a private conversation thing. It's like she's there's this, and I and, and I'm I'm not particularly bothered by it, but no, it's it's still a nice moment. It's still a really nice moment. 
And I mean, the, the whole dramatic, you know, we, we saw very much the whole plane, you know, the runway lights going out. I mean, this was almost a predictable thing, but the tension still worked. I mean, they still, they still played it well and things went well. The only, the only moment I had with the, that I'd really had a problem with, with the whole, you know, let's get the lights plugged back in before the, you know, the plane crashes is that um, Wendell was not the only person with a walkie talkie in that scene. Mm-hmm. There were at least two other people, one of whom is Daniel, who's extremely pragmatic, who could have sat there and responded to Strand and gone, we're going to plug the lights back in. But no, Strand's like, hello, hello, hello. And there, no one What's the- happening? Is somebody going to talk today? Yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, and, and, and I realize, you know, I guess the idea there is to play with the emotion of the moment and the panic of the moment. But then again, you again, you have right. Daniel there who would have sat there and went, Strand, calm down. <laughs> We're fixing the lights. Right. Exactly. The baby. <laughs> right. Well, I would like to have seen some sort of movement from Daniel or Sarah towards like the generator. Something's wrong with the generator. Let's run down there and not leave it to the person in a wheelchair who is not talking to us right now. Like yeah. it felt like nobody moved any kind of way. Yeah, well, You're you know, right. it, it, it builds it builds up the thing for Wendell to, to plug the lights back in and have the dramatic moment. And I don't feel like this is nitpicky stuff in a way because no. the the things that the, the last couple of episodes have been so problematic that overall this episode being as strong as it was, where it was, these are things that stood out. Right. I think that that if you, you know, I mean, if you're going to critique, if you're going to do an critique of something, you have to, sometimes you have to point out those little things. Yeah. Or, you know, it's letting them off the hook or something. Right. Anyway. Exactly. So everybody, like you said, everybody has their moment. Everybody gets their second. And about that they're getting ready to leave, Logan rolls up in... A, a jeep not in his uh not in his his rig and every of course everybody is pointing a gun at him and uh basically he explains look we were looking we started when when my partner started this i left him i didn't want to deal with any of this you know helping people stuff but i was was there long enough for him to realize that he had set up something that everybody's going to need? They're like, oh, yeah, what's that? And he's like, a refinery for gas. Yeah. And everybody's like, wait, wait, what again? Say, yeah. say that one more time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he sits there and he says, you know how hard it was to get, you know, why you had to take that plane? And they were like, yeah, because you lied to us. And he goes, well, yes, this is true, but no, it's because you can't get there from here. I think I think it's been a long time, but we talked, I think, a, oh, a few years ago, about how in this uh-huh. universe of The Walking Dead, they don't have the same kind of interconnected highway system that we have in the real world. Because yeah, otherwise... Otherwise, travel in the Walking Dead universe makes no sense whatsoever. There's way too many back roads. There are way too many, you know, 1950s, you know, style two-lane highways. And, you know, where where are the four-lane and six lanes outside of the cities? We just don't see them. 
I mean, you still don't have the slightest idea where anything is in the Walking Dead universe or how any, far no. apart anything is or where these mountains actually are. Uh, you know, none of this stuff. There's, you know, geography. Geography in the Walking Dead is always going to be a mess. But um, it is kind of an interesting thing to have them sit there and acknowledge not only is gas going bad, but you have – it's really, really hard to get around on the roads. Unless you have to walk well, really, really yeah. fast, in which case you can do it in an episode. But whatever. I honestly, I will tell you that I kind of thought he was talking about some sort of road construction stuff before he finally said gas. Yeah. I thought he was talking about a way to build roads. I really was. I, you know, I, it, it occurred to me that that was a possibility uh, as well because the the deterioration of the roads is really fast too. I mean, if you think about, I mean, yes, you know, you and I have lived in large cities where they're constantly repairing the roads because, but they also have huge amounts of traffic. The walk in again, in the walking dead universe, the roads are falling apart. So yeah, I thought that was a possibility too. But then, but then when he sat there and went, you know, he's got a way of making gas. We just need to find it. Yeah. And then Luciana ever helpful that she is says, Oh yeah, we have that notebook. We have those directions. And everyone looks at her and goes, Luciana, shut <laughs> up. Shut up. <laughs> Dummy. And she's like, what, you know, look, does it, is it going to matter? He's right. And uh, Logan's like, look, people I was with will kill you for that notebook. If we don't, if we don't find it first. We're all going to die. Right. And, 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 you know, even looks at Sarah and says, I, I have some stuff I need to make up, make up for. You know, I have, I have, you know, you're doing this because you have things you need to make up for. I have that I need to make up for too. And that's pretty much where the episode ends. Right. And do you trust him? Uh, well, we discussed when, when, um, when Matt Frewer just like, when he was in that, we we're like, oh, there's absolutely way that they're going to waste somebody like Matt Frewer. Uh, and so part of me, I don't, I don't know, Tim, I want to. Yeah. But at the same time, this show hasn't had a really good villain in a long time. Like they've done villains of the week, uh, but Never have they had like, you know, they they haven't had quote unquote their Negan, you know. Yeah. Well, which which actually is kind of been interesting for this for this season is that their enemy was things, you know, it was it was actually the undead. Now with now with right. now with radioactivity, um, you know, a melting a melting down reactor, and. The terrain. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they, weren't, they weren't enemies that you could fight. Not really. Well, yeah. And this show, like I said, it's not really, it's, it, you know, they've done a little bit of the, the humans are the, are, the, uh, are the real enemy. But for the most part, it's mainly been, yeah, this season there was no villain, yeah. really. So, yeah. Um, but I feel like that's, you know... And I and, I, and a little, we've talked about this before, you know. Uh, 
that kind of how the world would really be. Mm-hmm. The wouldn't be as, as villainous as they are on the Mothership show. Not really. Right. Uh, so maybe maybe there won't be a villain. Maybe it'll just be, um, you know, the race to get to this place. Well, I think I think that by default makes these other people the villains, or at least the or at least the uh, adversaries, if nothing yeah. else. They may not. They they may depending on how they play it. Because I mean, it's it's quite possible to make a character your adversary and not make them evil. Right. Uh, and you know, these are these are just people who want to find a way to make sure that they have gas. That doesn't necessarily make them evil people. Might not make them good people. It doesn't make them necessarily evil, so that could work. Right. That could be a. That could be a, a. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Matt Frewer be. Uh, I, I. It would be nice to have Matt Frewer join this group because it could be fun to see the dynamics between the that the interesting way that that Matt Frewer has a tendency to play characters like Logan could be a lot of fun bouncing uh-huh. someone like Daniel or Strange. Right. So. Yeah, and he's so talented. He's such a great genre actor. Mm-hmm. You're not you, you, a waste. They it would be a waste if they didn't do something juicy with it. Yeah, yeah. And I, the only thing I'm really worried about now is there's just so many people. <laughs> you know, we've yeah. got so many characters on this show now, and yeah, Luciana but- already has the tendency to just stand in the background and smile. <laughs> yes, but the children don't count. <laughs> right. Well, maybe. I mean, that, but I'm so worried that they're gonna like the rest of the season is gonna be like now Luciana is mother to you know to twenty children. None of them will never be, ever get names. Right. <laughs> or you know, like there's all. I mean, all, there's always. You know, I'm I'm waiting. It's gonna be so interesting too to see what happens when Madison comes back because you know. I don't know, you know, we've had all of these revelations of, of, you know, of, you know, a better way of working to do something different. And, you know, yes, we understand Charlie murdered my brother. I've forgiven her. And, you know, and Madison hasn't had any of that growth. I'm sure <laughs> feeling Madison's going to show up with some sort of army, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying that, that like there was any kind of hint that Madison was coming back in the trailer for the next part of the season. Right. I'm just acting on the belief that there's no way she's not coming back, especially since she's done shooting the Deadwood movie. You know, there's um, there are a lot of people who who still thought for a long, long time that they were going to build it up so that Madison would be the enemy that Rick ended up fighting in later seasons uh-huh. of walking dead because, you know, she, she could have easily have become the, the, the raise your army kind of person, but it would be fun. Uh, yeah. I'd love to have her back. It'd be, it'd be very interesting to see how she would end up dealing with this mindset that, that everyone is trying to go with, which again, you know, oh, yeah. considering that we have complained many a time, that The Walking Dead needs to treat people like you know, with a sense of hope. I can I cannot complain that they are doing it. 
I can complain when they're right. doing it, when they're doing it poorly, like the last couple episodes. But I can't complain that they're doing it, and I'm not going to because I don't want to. I'm <laughs> hope and optimism in the future. What madness <laughs> is this? I I really suggest if anyone has seen it yet, and Tim has already said he hasn't. If you have not seen the trailer season five part B, go watch it and just be so pleasantly surprised because it is really interesting. I'm very, very interested in the directions that they're moving with, uh, with the rest of the season and maybe with the rest of the show. I, I, because I think it's already been renewed for season six, but don't quote yes. me. No, it has been. They, annu- they announced that. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And because I was just so like, like I said, when I saw that trailer, I was very, very happy. And then this episode made me very, very, and I'm really, I'm really in, I'm, I'm, I'm back to buying what they're selling. Yeah, no, I think, I think this is, this is a definitely nice correction for the last few episodes. And I think it puts them in an interesting place. And it was, you know, with the exception of, you're, you're quite right. There's too many people on this show now. Um, Although that doesn't mean it can't be, you know, they'll basically do what they did with The Walking Dead, which is uh, these people will be over here. We, well, we won't, you know, we won't spend time with everyone every episode, and that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, aside from the fact that again we have this small horde of, of feral children um, without identities, um, it, this is a really good place to leave the leave the show. Now we're only getting, I think, three weeks in between right. this and, and the second half. August 11th comes back. Right. So I'm, I'm pleased about that because you and I have, have had to deal with long gaps in between these shows. I mean, sort of, sort of the walking dead's coming back in October. I mean, that's, you know, there's, you know, there's a gap in here and we knew this, I mean, we're, we're used to this, but it's nice when this stuff doesn't have the really long gaps in between. So, right. Um, and I might, like, I think we should just take maybe a couple of weeks off, honestly. <laughs> because, we, you know, I, I, as much as I love Zompocalypse now, and this is really just all, all sorts of my jam, we have been crap at, at trying to fill our, our gaps recently. That's true. We have. And maybe, maybe we should take a couple of weeks off just, just to... Uh, just to resettle ourselves. Yeah, that's true. And also to recover from things like the Fringe Festival and just life in general, because that's eating up all of my time right now. We both need more rest than we get. (laughs) Definitely. All right. Well, folks, uh, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Zompocalypse Now. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Fear the Walking Dead. We would love to hear what you think about either our show or Fear the Walking Dead, the Walking Dead, any of the shows that we've covered, you can let us know what you think about all of those things. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter and you can find us on iTunes and podcast.com. And there's all these different places you can communicate with us. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, we obviously would like you to follow us on Facebook and, and uh, iTunes and Twitter and all these places as well. That would be great. Um, but right. we do appreciate you guys listening and we, cause we enjoy doing this. And uh, Dustin, um, yeah, maybe we'll take a couple weeks off. We'll see. We'll let you guys know one way or the other. Yeah, I don't know if anything we would want to... I can't think of anything to watch. At, l- at least 
next in the next week or two. But we'll discuss it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, well, folks, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And we will see you guys maybe next week, but at least in a few weeks with the return of Fear of the Walking Dead on our next Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Production. All rights reserved.